the Open Guru Cafe encourages listeners to participate through the comment pages on the website, urbangurucafe.com. Small donations may be given to the website to keep it alive and kicking. Sometimes I act like that's all I do is wait for something that will never come. That will come. Do you like it strong? Um, yeah, strong is good. I'll make a proper pot. When I think back on all the crap I learned in high school It's a wonder I can think at all Welcome to the Urban Guru Cafe. And my lack of education hasn't hurt me none I can read the writing on the wall You like things explained, don't you? I know more than you think. And you think more than you know. But knowledge is not the same as wisdom. Yeah, what's the difference? It's a wonder I can think at all. I can read the writing on the wall. This week, our guest is Rodney Stevens. say the mystery of life is not a problem to be solved it is a reality to be experienced why is it then that people are always trying to solve some problem or trying to change alter or modify what is they're attempting to approach it conceptually that's how we're taught to approach life that's how we're taught to just approach everything even things that are spiritual we try to get some conceptual hold on it one of the beautiful things about non-duality is that we are told that the answer is directly in front of you we're told to look at something directly we're told we are awareness itself and the answer is there the joy and the peace is there is directly in front of you. It isn't something that you have to attempt to solve. It isn't something that you have to make sustained efforts on. It's something that can be immediately known. So when you're told this, when this is clear to you, then approaching life in this way and seeing who you truly are is something that just makes sense. And the short answer is just we're trained early on from two or three years on upwards that we are a defined and autonomous person and uh, that we should approach life that way. Even the spiritual things of life should be approached in that way and we get nowhere at all. that we can drop the concepts and experience this mystery? You can drop the concepts, uh, that's the only way to do it, and there are mainly two ways of doing that, in dropping the concepts. One of the ways is to see that presence is already present, that spaciousness is directly in front of you. The other way is when you are suddenly paused by a statement, are you suddenly paused by some work of art or something like that. Then spaciousness is there. Suddenly you see that it was something that you were overlooking. 
those are two of the ways that you can simply come to this. That's why I'd say it's a matter of pointing, because you can't really say much more about it. You can only point to the thing itself. You can only speak about it conceptually, of course, because we have to use words, and, and words are concepts. But it's up to the seeker or the questioner to see what you're pointing to. One stage of your search, you asked yourself the question, what am I looking at but apparently not seeing? And mm -hmm. why is this a critical question? Yeah, let me give a little bit of a background about that question. It was a good question. It was a turning point for me. I had finally made my way to non-duality after perusing certain works by Ramana Maharshi, Tony Parson, and, and U.G. Krishnamurti. After reading them, I just started exploring various websites related to non-duality, and then I came across John Wheeler's site. And for whatever reason, his prose, his pointing, his perspective just immediately resonated with me. And I mean immediately. That was just something that instantly instilled me with the faith that what he was saying was the bare utter truth. So I ordered a copy of Awakening to the Natural State from Amazon, and I was just thoroughly moved by it. I didn't have any immediate revelations, but you know that was okay. I would read the book from start to finish, and then I would just start over again. And I went on like that for really it must have been about 15 20 times i'm not kidding but it you know it was fairly all right i was just uh, really enjoying myself uh, and then i came to the sentence on page 135 uh, and i'll always remember it it's all about seeing what is fully present right now and for whatever reason that statement just stopped me at that particular time. And suddenly, there it was, utter spaciousness without end. For several timeless moments, I couldn't even begin to put it into words. But I immediately perceived that the spaciousness, this peace had always been there. I immediately saw that. And it wasn't something that had been off into the background and some of the descriptions of this have been characterized. It was there, it was up front, it was in the very bow of my life. But because of its subtlety, I had been looking straight past it, so to speak. It was always shining in plain view, to quote one of John's titles. And its peace and its radiance had always been on display. I simply hadn't recognized it. I had been looking beyond it. I've been looking beyond it, as most of us are, because we were caught up with the emotions and thoughts and concepts and that ideas. But it's prior to all of those things. It's existence itself. And another thing that I immediately saw was how winningly right certain terms were about this, especially the expression, presence of awareness. That points to this so beautifully because there's this very, very real presence of awareness here. That presence is radiant, beginningless, is teeming with peace, and you are it, thou art that. Suddenly, I was living all of those Vedic scriptures. This simply wasn't an understanding of them. 
It was a living them. You're living them in such a way that you see your life is truly being lived. I mean, you're seeing that there's no one at the wheel and that nothing could be more wonderful than that. And that's what happened with me when I came across that particular sentence for about the 15th or 20th time. I waited about four or five days before contacting John because I wanted to be absolutely sure about this. But I knew the next morning that this was indeed the infinite and eternal, as Nisargadatta called it, and John confirmed it. I noticed, Rodney, that you're actually not advocating that anybody do anything with any of this except what? There's nothing to do. All you're doing is you're telling us that that presence of awareness is there and that is what you are and that is expansive, boundless. Mm -hmm. There's no need to look for anything. Looking for right. it actually creates the problem. Right. That's a good question. People get a little confused about that. I'm not saying don't do anything, but what I am saying is see what I'm pointing to, see what John is pointing to, see what Celebob is pointing to. So you are doing something. It's a looking, it's a seeing, it's being still. It's all of those things, but there's no sustained effort in it. There isn't someone doing it. There isn't a person attempting to achieve anything. If you're doing anything, you're merely realizing that there's something in the stillness that I have been overlooking for the longest time. You know, what is it? What am I looking past? So if there's a doing, there's a being still. There's a kind of listening in the silence. Again, there's a seeing that there's something there that you had been overlooking, and uh, that's presence itself. If you could read my mind, love, what a tale my thoughts could tell. Just like an old-time movie About a ghost from a wishing well In a castle dark Or a fortress strong With chains upon my feet You know that ghost is me And I will never be set free As long as I'm a ghost You can't see that you were surprised at how quiet this understanding is what exactly do you mean by this firstly by the surprise and by the quiet yeah that's a good question when it occurred it was just very very quiet i think i said 
somewhere else, I, I forget where. In the back of my mind, I probably thought that these Vedantic bells would be going off or something like that or something, but there was an absolute hushness to it. For whatever reason, I was surprised by it, but it was a beautiful hushness. For a timeless moment there, it feels as if you're on the edge of something and there's no you, there's no world, there is nothing, just a timeless quietness that it's over before it begins. I don't have a clue of what it was, but it was there, and suddenly there was this uh, boundless spaciousness before me and within me. That's what the quiet was. It was a strange little thing, beautiful too. I can't explain it, but it was there. If you're the first person to ask about that, which is great. <laughs> You are listening to the Urban Guru Cafe. Just who do you think you are? I'm not really sure. I, I've been living with some issues. Do you want a cup of tea? I'll make a proper pot. The word you like to use to describe this is presence. Why is it that this describes what we are so accurately for you? Yeah, I've been coming across that word a lot in John's website, and then when I read his book, Awakening to the Natural State, he was using this word, and it was beautiful. I really enjoyed the way he used it. And when I came to this understanding myself, I just suddenly saw how accurate this word was. I mean, that is what it is. It very much is a presence of awareness. There is a presence there. There is a felt presence of awareness. I sometimes use that word, you know, to emphasize that it's something that you can almost taste. It's something that is almost tangible. It's something that you can almost touch, and yet you can't. It's full of these quirks, and there's so much that you just can't say about it. That's why when you talk about this, you can only point to certain aspects about it. But presence of awareness is just such a beautiful way to describe this. For me, for this body-mind, for whatever reason, I really came to see the accuracy of that particular expression. John Wheeler and, and Sailor Bob uh, Adamson used that expression, and it was just absolutely right. There's this presence of awareness before you and within you, and, and you are that.
you suggest that people work backwards from the body and mind to see what it is that they truly are. Can you explain this? We have a body. I mean, we see that there is a body present. That's a more accurate phrasing of it. And we see that a thought is present. And if you keep going backwards, you'll see that there's this general sense of awareness that is present. It's something you've overlooked. It's consciousness, yes. There's consciousness there. There's awakeness there. But there is a presence that is recognizing this consciousness. That's what I mean by working your way back. When you work your way back from your body, thoughts, and consciousness, you're not left with consciousness. You're left with awareness. Because there absolutely has to be something that recognizes consciousness for you to be able to be aware that it's present. And that which recognizes consciousness is awareness. And that is what you are. At this very moment, you are awareness. Awareness is your core. So when you work your way back, it's such a simple thing to do. If you do it carefully enough and with enough alertness and attention, the ease of which this whole matter can be seen is just amazing. And so when you say backward, it's not a directional thing, is it? To a degree, it's directional in the sense that it's a conceptual way of pointing something out. Awareness is there even before you begin backing up, so to speak. (laughs) It's there before anything else. But this is just the way of pointing to something that is already vividly present, but the seeker, for whatever reason, is overlooking it. Again, it's such a simple and beautiful little way to point to this. And if it brings about a kind of stillness in you, that's great. But if you just stay with the conceptual then it's not going to work. But if you work your way backwards slowly enough, the seeing of it is quite easy. Is it about dropping the body and dropping the mind and having no idea of direction? Because when you say backward, mm-hmm. it might make people think. But okay, I, just, I just want you to clarify uh-huh. it. Um, uh-huh. you, know, you understand what I mean by directional. Is it that that's where the awareness resides, be- behind the body and behind the mind? And I mean oh, I literally mean. behind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I see what you mean now. That's That's a way of putting it, but I have problems with a number of teachers who say, yes, awareness is behind here and behind there, and that's where it is, and uh, awareness, of course, is everywhere. It is everything. Everything that we see are events and awareness, and when I say work your way back to awareness, I'm simply saying that we see that the body-mind is here sitting in this chair and the body mind is is a solid mass here but there's something then you go a little finer then you see okay there's a thought present and go even finer hmm there's just a kind of general sense of awakeness there you know those are things in present the body the thoughts and so awakeness those are events happenings occurrences in presence and I'm saying just Go ahead, take it one step further and see that there has to be something that is aware of all of those things for you to be able to recognize that the body is there, that the thought is apparently there, that the consciousness is there. And what is that that recognizes all of those things? 
So when I say work the way backwards, it's directional and it's also conceptual. I come because awareness is everywhere and everything. Thoughts are just movements in awareness. The body is just appearance in awareness, but they're also awareness itself, of course. about it that it wasn't really like a gradual unfolding for you you kind of resonated with it and then bang you read some statement and there was no gradual anything for you it wasn't a gradual thing but it does seem to be that for most people there's this apparent unfolding of it you know a kind of a deepening Mm -hmm. of it which is over time and stuff so can you talk about what your experience was how there was no sense of unfolding in it for a lot of us it seems like there's this progress that's happening. Yeah, when I talk about progress and maturing and time, there has to be an entity present for those things to take place. Also, it entails that entity, a person, to gain something, which in this case, it's uh, awakening, enlightenment, uh, liberation, or whatever uh, words they want to call it. I'm not comfortable with those words at all. Awakening is okay. I mean, you know, you have to use uh, something. But those other terms are not so. But uh, those are the terms of the day. And people want to be able to bring themselves along when they make these various spiritual journeys. And there's something that you cannot do. I mean, you can, but you won't end up discovering who you truly are. You'll have lots of experiences. You will have, you know, stories to tell and and, and write books about. And, and that's what you want to do. And that's that's fine. But to directly see what you are involves no time, no entity, no maturing of any kind. It is just directly seeing what is already present. And that was certainly the case. For me, when I read John's book, Awakening as a Natural State, and coming to that particular sentence, you know, I mean, it was one of the things that I immediately saw. There was absolutely no time that was necessary for me to come to that full understanding. No time whatsoever. It's almost laughable when I read about teachers having their students indulge in these various meditations and forced silences, you know, these month-long silent retreats and these hours of med- meditation and, uh, and mindfulness stuff. And I just, my God, you know, that's not what it's all about. It's big business. 
it's 99% of what is being taught out there. But none of that will allow you to see who you truly are. Because you're on an experience, even a blissful one, you know, particularly a blissful one. <laughs> you aren't that. You aren't a vision. You talked about the sound, the muteness a little earlier and everything. I think I read somewhere where, you know, some person was saying that if you have these Vedic times going off, you know, in the background, then, then that's it. You know, that's the signal that you're close to enlightenment and that kind of thing. It's just thoroughly ludicrous. <laughs> to be as straightforward as I possibly can because I don't want them to go through what I went through, you know, 15 to 20 years of searching. And there's absolutely no need for that. There is absolutely no need for that. There's no time needed. There are no methods needed. Anyone who tells you that that is a necessity they're being untruthful, and I'm putting it lightly. It's just, I think Eugene Krishnamurti said it beautifully, where he said, it is so simple. And I just love that quote, it is so simple. And it is, it absolutely is. And the simplicity of this is one of the beauties of non-duality. And because it's the ultimate teaching, as Gadada called it, I think for whatever reason, it doesn't draw a lot of seekers to it. But more and more people are seeking it out. I, I think they're really wising up to the game that is being played upon them by lots of teachers out there. You have been listening to the Urban Guru Cafe. Sunshine, go away today. I don't feel much like dancing. Some man's gone, he's tried to run my life. He don't know what he's asking. The Urban Guru Cafe is produced in Australia. When he tells me I better get in line, I can't hear what he's saying. When I grow up, I'm going Make it mine These ain't dues I've been paying Thanks for listening